Hello and welcome to this bite-sized legal update from the team at Fieldfisher Silicon Valley. I'm Jess Salzberg, a trainee solicitor, and I'm joined by our fantastic managing partner, Mark Weber. We are here to speak to you today about the EU-US data privacy framework. A flurry of information has been released over the past week or so, so we're really excited to share with you some of the updates on timeline around certification to the new framework. We'll give you some information on how the DPF is different to the original Privacy Shield and what you need to do to get yourself certified. So Mark, let's start off with a quick introduction on what the EU-US data privacy framework is. Thanks, Jess. The data privacy framework will provide organizations with a mechanism to transfer personal data from the EU to the US without the need for another mechanism. So they don't need to consider things like standard contractual clauses or the model clauses, as we call them, or BCRs. Uh, The data privacy framework is intended to re-establish the data bridge between the EU and US after the privacy shield was invalidated and will enable the free flow of personal data between the EU and the US for organizations that have self-certified. We should say that we're commenting on this uh, ahead of the 17th of July. So there remain some questions on process, but given the publications and the detail we've seen published uh, over the last few days, we're still we're fairly confident about what applications will look like. And although we're talking about the EU-US data privacy framework, we should also say that the UK and Swiss are also playing ball. So there's going to be options for UK and Swiss data. So Jess, how is the data privacy framework different to the Privacy Shield? Perhaps we could start with that. Yep. So the DPF is actually based on the Privacy Shield with certain improvements to address the concerns of the CJEU raised in Schrems 2. So the principles remain substantively the same and are renamed from the privacy principles to the EU-US DPF principles. The process for self-certification and recertification annually will also remain very similar, but organisations will rather be certifying to the new framework rather than the Privacy Shield. The main differences relate to restrictions on US intelligence authorities and their access to European data to the extent that it access is now necessary and proportionate. The US has also established a two-tier redress mechanism to address complaints from EU individuals, which helps address the concerns from the SREMS 2 decision because the court found that the US lacked an independent redress mechanism for EU individuals and that US, US intelligence authorities possibly had broader access to EU citizens' data. So, Mark, when will the data privacy framework be implemented? Well, on the 10th of July, the European Commission adopted its long-awaited adequacy decision for the data privacy framework. So effectively, it's here now. Uh, It's effective immediately. The new adequacy decision allows for personal data to flow from the EEA to the European Union countries plus Norway, Iceland and Liechtenstein to those DPF-certified US companies uh, without the need for additional uh, safeguards. So Jess, what if your organisation is still certified under the Privacy Shield? What can you do now? 
Yep, so organisations that are certified under the Privacy Shield and are self-certifying their commitment to comply with the privacy framework principles must comply with the principles, including updating their privacy notices by October the 11th of this year. It must be noted, though, that updating and renaming of the privacy principles under the DPF does not change the organisation's recertification due date. So what we're saying here is that organisations that have maintained their Privacy Shield certification effectively have three months from the date of the adequacy decision to either withdraw from the Privacy Shield or update their privacy policies to refer to their commitment to comply with the new framework. The framework itself doesn't create any substantive new obligations for certified organisations. So it's not quite what we thought, as the actions will in part depend on when the organisation's renewal date lands. The big revelation um, is that the DOC is effectively grandfathering Privacy Shield participants into the DPF until their renewal date. Clearly, any staying in will have to update their notices by the 11th of October and then they'll recertify as and when their renewal date comes around. So Mark, can you let us know what some of the benefits are of participating in the DPF? Yeah, thanks Jess. I think the main one is the US can now ensure an adequate level of protection for personal data. By utilising and leveraging DPF, data can flow freely between the EU and the US without further conditions or authorizations. We've dealt with some of those tricky issues of necessity and proportionality because Biden has made some steps in re- in relation to the executive order and implemented U.S. laws and U.S. processes with the U.S. intelligence authorities, which changes some of that access to data. What we do know is the framework is substantially different from the Privacy Shield because it has a new judicial redress mechanism, but that Privacy Shield principles and commitments are not all that different. So it's particularly accessible to those who've gone there before. There's not a lot of changes in practice, and that's got to be a real advantage. Uh, The real benefit in participating in the Privacy Shield is taking advantage of an adequacy decision. An adequacy decision is the highest level of decision, so better than appropriate safeguards, better than those derogations, and something which means there is no need to perform a transfer impact assessment. That TIA is out of the window if you're relying on DPF, so there's a whole lot less to do as and when uh, you consider those transfers Uh, and transfers that are subject to the DPF. The other advantage is it looks like the UK and the Swiss authorities are playing ball too. So you almost get a triple whammy. Um, You're going to be dealing with EU data, UK data and Swiss data. Although, as you'll see, we do need to think about some of them separately when making our commitments and thinking about our certifications. What this really means is there's a plan B, a plan B for your data transfers, and if you're a vendor, a plan B for your customers relying on the DPF in relation to data transfers. All in, you've got to look at it as a, 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 as a good news story um, and a good news story breaking in the summer. What's more, it's broken a little later in the summer, so this whole process probably isn't going to spoil our summer. Jess, Therefore, what should organisations be doing next? What, what do we need to be thinking about now? Yeah, and completely understand there's a lot of information which has come out to make this quite confusing. So we're going to try and lay this out in a succinct, clear way for you. 
The first thing to consider really is whether you're eligible for the framework. So only US organisations that are subject to the jurisdiction of the STC or Department of Transportation can join the, the framework. This excludes most financial institutions, telecommunications companies, labour associations and non-profits. You'll then need to consider the principles which remain substantively the same as the Privacy Shield but are updated with redress mechanisms and restrictions on US intelligence authorities as we mentioned before. Clients will need to check to demonstrate compliance with the principles and whether they can show this. As we mentioned earlier, on July the 10th, the adequacy decision was entered into force. This means that the framework program website is scheduled to be brought online by July the 17th. Individuals with active accounts that were used with regards to the Privacy Shield program website will be able to use their existing login credentials for those accounts on the new website, which goes live. You'll then need to consider the process of applying and what information needs to be gathered for this process. We'll be keeping a close eye on this and we're working to gather a summary as soon as the information is released. Mark, I'll hand over to you to give a little bit more information. Thanks, Jess. And yeah, recapping some of this, first headline, if you were never in the Privacy Shield or you formally withdrew from the Privacy Shield and you want to play in the DPF, You've got to go through that recertification process. Pretty straightforward. If you remained in the shield, you've been grandfathered in, and now you're a member of the DPF, you've got to consider, it's almost a case of, should I stay or should I go now? If you're going to stay, you've got until the 11th of October to either declare participation with those public statements and updating your privacy notice, or you've got to decide whether you want to pull out pulling out you've got to be thinking quite carefully because there's a formal process to pull out so whether you're staying or you're going there's something to do if you're staying there's quite a lot to do you've got to make changes to your websites your public statements referring to dpf and not privacy shield relying on that again in relation to the making of your transfers thinking about your privacy notices your employment privacy notices, applicant privacy notices, any kind of agreements or or documents that explain your privacy practices and transfers, but also because you may be making commitments to others or flowing down commitments to others, if you're going to be a member of the DPF, you've got to think about your DPA, making commitments to customers, to the controllers, or to other controllers if you've got C2C arrangements, also got to think about flow downs when you're pushing data out to third parties and there's onward transfers. Am I flowing down commitments in relation to the data privacy framework principles and ensuring that onward commitment or F, you know, the FAQs and information that we see from the, the DOC allows us, are we going to be allowed to move off and rely on other transfer mechanisms like model clauses for those onward transfers? Now, a bit of a question there. Also, when you're thinking about all of this, Uh, you need to be thinking in three different buckets. There's a lot of focus on the EU because the EU has led this, but as we've said, you need to be considering Swiss participation. If you're interested in Swiss participation and you were participating in the Swiss framework, you're automatically grafted in um, as of the 17th of July, but you've got until the 17th of October to update your privacy policies and your notices and your documents. There's no separate application required in relation to the Swiss DPF. Then if you think about the UK, we've talked about the UK setting up a data bridge because the UK system is slightly different and because of 
Brexit and this alternative participation, regardless of whether you are in or you are out, at this stage, you need to be thinking about whether you want to participate in the UK-US data privacy framework or the data bridges, it will be known. And you then have to take an additional step to self-certify compliance in relation to the UK extension. It would be interesting for some to note that you can participate in the EU framework without the UK, but you can't participate in the UK framework without the EU. Um, so a few different decisions. The other thing that's important about the UK is although the, you can certify compliance to the UK data bridge as of 17th of July, the UK government does have to take a few additional steps. And uh, uh, therefore, you might have certified, but you can't rely on the UK data privacy framework until the UK government has taken those steps. And at some point in the next weeks or months, they will take those steps and then you can finally rely on the UK mechanism as a formal lawful transfer mechanism. So breaking it down, understanding what you're doing, thinking about how you break down UK, Swiss, European principles within your documents and your certification process will be you know, relatively simple, but something you've just got to think about in terms of tactics and strategy. Yeah, so there's just one um, last point to note. So if you could declare that you are going to participate, then you need to consider what your renewal date is under either the EU, UK or Swiss Privacy Shield. So if it falls before October the 11th, there is more pressure on decision making. So by the recertification date, you'll need to recertify your participation, but you'll wait until the 11th of October to make the changes. If it falls after October the 11th, then you'll need to make a public declaration of participation by October the 11th and make your changes to websites, notices, etc. You'll remain in the data privacy framework until your renewal date, at which point you'll then recertify. Or, as we said, you can decide to pull out completely, and ideally you do this before October the 11th. At the recertification date that your organisation has, you'll then pay your recertification fees and recertify to compliance with the data privacy framework principles at that stage. So, Mark, I think a lot of organisations are worried, obviously, given the SHREMS decision, that the data privacy framework is likely to be invalidated again, and this is all a waste of time. Is there any chance, do you think, of the data privacy framework becoming invalidated? I I mean, I think you can say there is. But um, this is a more robust framework than the frameworks of the past. And it's been considered with all that we know from the CJEU and the European Commission and US authorities have spent a lot of time on this. So you would hope not, um, but we have to prepare and expect for a claim. And I think as you're sitting down to decide whether you're going to rely on the DPF or whether you're going to buy into the, the, the new mechanisms, that's something that you need to consider quite carefully. Effectively, only time will tell, but yes, there is a possibility, Jess. Um, One of the main reasons the Privacy Shield was invalidated was because the EU courts found that the US lacked an independent redress mechanism for EU individuals, and they saw US intelligence authorities possibly having access to a broad range of EU citizens' data. However, with the data privacy framework, the US has addressed this, and in particular, outside of the framework, but as a part of the Biden executive order and some of the commitments the US has made, we now have concerns addressed. The executive order limits US intelligence activities to what is necessary and proportionate. But importantly, a newly created data protection review court will investigate complaints from EU individuals and offer that avenue for redress. So we've seen some more limitation and the avenue for redress. And I think 
hopefully it'll be relatively robust. Of course, there could be a challenge. Likely that will be a slow challenge. Don't know whether it will be successful. Um, I think you know, the more this is adopted, the more backing there is for this and the more companies take this seriously, the more robust it will be. And um, one of those things that we'll be monitoring, as will, every, uh, will everyone else, but it's not necessarily something you want to ignore. I mentioned a plan A and a plan B. For many companies, they've only had a plan A for a long time, and that's been a long and cumbersome process for US transfers relying on SCCs and the appropriate safeguards that they offer. An adequate decision is a, a higher standard, and it's something which is really attractive. Great. So we'll be keeping a close eye on developments as they're revealed over the next few weeks when the certification portal goes live. We'll keep you updated, but if you want to know more in the meantime, don't hesitate to get in touch with a contact at the Field Fisher Silicon Valley office for more information and advice on the topic. We're aware there's some detail here and also some important decisions that we need to make. I think we've made it clear you need to make a decision. Am I going in? Am I in and staying in or am I pulling out and not relying on the privacy framework? Whether in or out, you're committing to transfer commitments and those transfer commitments are relatively the same whether you're using the DPF or you're using SCCs. What matters is revisiting your transfer strategy and working out what works for you and what commitments you're making depending on the regime that you're using. As Jess has pointed out, the most important thing to think about if you're in the Privacy Shield right now is when's your certification date and what do I need to do in preparation for those public commitments that I'm going to need to make by the 11th of October. Um, There's a lot to come and a lot to think about, but think about this, your public statements and more. That's all from us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.